it's really like it likes to blow its fence, but I I don't do anything special now. So I don't know. Maybe I had to reboot before, but uh, is it a desktop? Yeah, yeah. It's under my desk, so. So it's a desk, not top. It's a desk under. We're already recording. Wait, I'm uh, going to record as well. Hello, my name is Dracula, and I listen to New Game Old Flame, and you should listen to before I suck all your blood out. everyone it is saturday 28th of october 2023 it's the halloween episode Ooh. hello guys hello everyone hello it's getting really close what are you guys gonna do no plans yet for me what about you Wido? one of these days uh, there's a like uh, in the neighborhood halloween party where everyone all, every all the kids go outside and uh, get candy uh, dressed up and I'll probably walk with them, or maybe I'll uh, just uh, hand out candy or something. But uh, you trick or treating? <laughs> I'm not, but uh, the kids uh, like to do it now. My yeah, yeah. My, my my son uh, hated it all all the time. He didn't re- really like to dress up. So, but now suddenly he wants to. So, uh, yeah, that would be. Uh, Probably fun for him. <laughs> uh, How old is he? <laughs> he's like twenty. <laughs> <laughs> he's ten now. <laughs> 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 oh, but uh, I still like to dress up as well. Maybe I should do it. But uh, I little short time for getting a costume now. Ah, oh, yeah, and it'd be super expensive. Did you used to dress up when you like was was a kid? Like yeah, you know Halloween. No, costume? no, no, no. Halloween wasn't a thing around yeah, here yeah. Uh, when I was young. So um, no, but. Uh, I had Halloween parties as an adult. Yeah, we dressed up. So, ah, yeah. I think I had one or two of those. Not many, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you still have these adult Halloween parties? Uh, n- not anymore. But uh, maybe <laughs> if I searched a li- little bit more, then yes. But yeah, and now when you have kids, then you're busy with having kids Halloween parties. Yeah. Uh, same for me. I'm going trick or treating with my kids. I obviously not doing the trick or treat, but I'm following them around with their friends. Uh, so that's going to be interesting and very cold. Oh, is it still really cold uh, around there? It is cold. It's freezing here already. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I had uh, some. Uh, my uh, last Friday was the first time I had to uh, bike message in in the rain, streaming rain. But oh. at least it was like twelve or thirteen degrees Celsius. So wasn't that bad mm. it's just pouring rain which is i thought i would be faster in pouring rain but there's so many complications when it's when it's raining and you deliver packages that it took me uh quite a lot longer so uh, i was just like all when i was home i was so wet and i just want to be in a bathtub or something it's yeah yeah crazy. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I survived, and hopefully, when it's like winter, it does, doesn't happen again, or like cold winter. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Maybe with the ice is even worse. I don't. Oh know. yeah, when it's slippery, I don't know how to get around on the 
cargo bike. Yeah, it, it would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Diego, what were you saying? I know, just just thinking that uh, it's not that common to do trick or treat here in Finland. Well, it is a bit, but there is another day around Easter where this happens, rather than Halloween. Halloween is right. a little bit more somber day here, but of course then there international or American tradition arrived here as well. So there's lots of but costumes around. In, in Around Easter, are you also dress up? Scary or what? Uh... No, not scary. It's... Okay. Um, <laughs> scary. It, Rapid. They might wear, kids might wear some clothes reminiscing of uh, the past. For example, uh, when people used to live more in the countryside or country clothes. And they go around with uh, some decorated branches with blossoms, probably to bring the spring forward or something like that. So they, it's not trick or treat, but it works the same way. So you're supposed to do to give some treat to the kids, and in exchange for the treats, they give you some of these branches decorated with some colors and fabrics or pa- colorful paper or something like that never heard of that interesting yeah we also have like a religious uh uh thing where we did that as a kid as well it's called saint martha ah yeah you told us about this was yeah i think so last as well year? and it's no. also close around i don't know anymore when, when it is but uh it's like something which isn't uh part really part of of, of culture anymore i think uh, you don't see it that often anymore so mm. uh, Halloween uh, totally replaced that, like a lot of American products do. <laughs> America, America, is, uh, taking slowly over the world with its <laughs> movies. Well, uh, guys, what have you been doing this during this time? Any updates from you guys? Ah, uh, well, I had a little trip to Italy, but other than that, well, it's been season also for picking mushrooms and the last berries. But we probably weren't that lucky this year. Also, I had lots of woos about mushroom picking, mushroom recognition apps. Didn't really find anything <laughs> that... Swiss computers. That... <laughs> yeah, well, why not? But uh, <laughs> I tried many, including some paid ones. They are demo versions, but um, nah. No, I think there's maybe something called iNaturalist that is a little interesting. And okay. it's not just for mushrooms. We, it's for recognizing, uh, well, any living things, basically. You can recognize plants and insects uh, that you find. And then you record your um, findings. It, it gets geolocated. So it gets compared with other people finding the same kind of animals or plants mm, nearby. That and nice, yeah. It, I think it works a little bit cooperatively. So... Um, it compares your findings, your pictures with those of other people and then tell you what they probably are. It's pretty important to identify mushrooms. I get, get it right, yeah. 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 Well, obviously, we go on the very safe way. My wife knows four, five, six types of mushrooms that are edible and safe, and she knows them very well. We don't try anything else. Hmm. And yeah, we're not, uh, we're not allowed in the Netherlands to pick mushrooms. Oh, so that's like all? Sort of protected, no. Protected? Sort of pro- oh, I didn't know that. So, uh, and maybe also to keep uh, people safe. 
Mm. It's, uh, maybe maybe they, they also say, okay, it's illegal to pick them. So, uh, yeah. Oh, you mean so, like really forbidden, totally forbidden? Yeah, you have to, uh, as far as I know, uh, you have to leave them alone. And, uh, okay. It's like, it's animal food uh, or... And uh, yeah, we don't have that many forests, of course, as probably in Finland. So we have to keep nature, what what's there, intact as much as possible. So that's probably also the reason. But uh, yeah, I, I always learned that it's illegal to pick them in the Netherlands. But uh, yeah, of course, there's people doing it. But yeah, and, and I never heard of any friends of mine actually doing it and eating them no someone must do it must be doing it for selling it them in shops or no but are they yeah, all we, cultivated we grow ones? them yeah we cultivate them and then yeah of course the okay. cultivated ones we can make we can eat and uh, pick <laughs> and uh, but yeah that's all like, <laughs> a sort of factory <laughs> yeah i don't think there's any restriction at all here but for example in italy there used to be like limits and pretty hefty fine if you pick too many be beyond the limit I'm, I'm not sure it's still the same that it used to be but at least I usually heard stories in Italy of people like uh, uh, bringing uh, kids and friends and relatives to pick mushrooms so that th- maybe the limit was per person and you can increase the limit if you are more people at once or something like that but I know that there used to be fines if you if you exceeded the limit, but I don't think there's any kind of limit here in Finland because there are who knows how many thousands of tons of mushrooms that just grow and die by themselves in the forest. So it's it's all wetlands basically here. So for forests and wetlands. Yeah. Anything else from you, Diego? No. What about you? I got a fine. Well, worse than that, I got a, a bailiff sort of. Uh letter uh, saying they were going to come here to collect a penalty charge that I never responded to and I was absolutely gobsmacked because A, I don't get these penalty charges ever so I've got one parking ticket once because I didn't see a disabled bay, that was my fault and obviously this one is also my fault, (laughs) find out (laughs) but it turns out I didn't update my V5C or something it's called like that, the document for the car I didn't update it with my current address which is apparently um, a common thing that people forget to do when they move house. And uh, yeah, my my bad, my bad, but uh, yeah. And then the funny thing about this one is that I must have invaded a bus lane without noticing or, and I thought, oh my God, how did I not notice? So I Googled this, this place where allegedly I, I committed this infraction and it, and it's a place that is very renowned for getting a lot of um, motorcyclists in trouble because and getting them fined because they can't they don't they don't understand where to go and you can argue that it's not well signposted however we got it so for me it was quite funny when i thought about it in hindsight because maybe i was thinking where should i go where should i go i'll, I'll follow them they will know and oh. everyone got <laughs> fine <laughs> because apparently so many people get fined on that road anyways it was just so like you're a um, criminal well, it's just a civil one, isn't it? But yeah, I'm a bad, bad boy, and I yeah. So I paid that today. I'm like, oh my god, whatever. Yes, um, I did some playing though. In the spirit of Halloween, I played a game on the original Xbox uh, that I modded, The Suffering. It was called. It's quite cool. I never heard of it. 
it's uh, like a survival horror sort of game, it's a bit like um, Resident Evil, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But obviously, very much um, old style with few polygons and stuff. But it was quite immersive, to be honest. I played it with my friend, and it was like, oh, I was playing, he was watching. I was like, oh my god, uh, it's really tense at some point, and then there's these weird um, enemies that come to you, like they're like. Um, I don't know, like half mummies, but instead of hands and feet, they have blades, and they just move on these blades, and you, you can hear them, ding, wow. ding, ding, ding. You know, it's um, quite unsettling. Um, cool. Other but, than that, uh, I'm interested in in, in uh, to follow up on that. Uh, do you guys ever play horror games? I I tend to. I always plan for this month to play horror games, and I never do because. I feel I can't use extra mental stress or something uh, <laughs> because you're, no, you're, no. with these games you get stressed and I think, okay, I, I don't need extra stress in my life. I play my games to relax and not to get stressed. So for me, I I'm never feel like, wow, I'm going to scare myself now. But yeah, I, I always plan to... For example, I have Amnesia, the games, and also the the Alien Isolation game. I always want to play that sometime, but somehow I always think, I don't want to stress myself, I just want to play something fun. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah, I, I can share guys. the feeling, I can share the same feeling, yeah. I always, always when I play something uh, for Halloween, I rather look for the creepy but in a funny way, not the really tense, anxious type of games like Resident Evil or Dead Space or those games. Yeah, I played that one. Yeah, yeah, Dead Space is another one I want to play. Uh, yeah, I also play like Halloween games, but that's more like Costume Quest or something or uh, like a platformer which is spooky themed or oh. stuff like that. But it's always like the happy stuff and not, yes, uh, yes. not something really scary. But Somehow, I'd, I really am interested in those scary games, but yeah, I never get to them. And what about scary movies? Oh, when, when I was like 20 or something, I loved to watch horror movies, but... You have yeah, a favorite? For, say, whew, it's long ago. <laughs> oh, just... Yeah, I like, for example, from *The Still Dawn* or something. Uh, that's a, that's a fun one. Like the, but that's not really a horror movie. It's almost a comedic horror yeah, movie. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what what comes to mind. Wow, I'm uh, I'm blanking right now. But you? But do you do you prefer the those that have like a, as you say, comic relief or not too serious, or do you prefer the scary? Or the the ugly. Some I, I people really, just like, I really like know, also those thrillers, like thriller thrillers, movies. Right. Yeah, I really like. I really liked that. But I think that's still the same. That I think I'm not one to find that stress right now or something. Maybe, yeah. Maybe when you get kids or something, then you don't want that stress around the house mm -hmm. when you're finally when they go to bed then i think okay i just want to relax go to sleep and i'm not want to stress myself i don't know i'm i'm a, a little bit like soften up or something uh i yeah i, I really stopped maybe when they're older and they maybe enjoy it as well then we can enjoy it together because i'm not i, I can't remember re 
really being scared or something. Maybe like, for example, if you really get into, for example, Blair Witch Project or something. Ah, uh, yeah, that was a bit weird, that, that movie. That, right? I, I remember that watching it on a really small CRT TV at night in the, in the dark. And Great. I was really sucked into that TV and somehow it really worked. And I know a lot of people don't find that 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 movie scary, but somehow... I no, really... no, I found it scary, that one. I think there's, uh, there's something with all these movies that uh, if they catch you with the right mood... Right. Yeah. then they really work. But if for some reason it's not the right day for you, um, they kind of uh, flop with you. Yeah, yeah. And at True. least it happened to me a little bit with Blair Witch Project for some reason. But I was in a good mood, uh, good mood for horror movies when I watched, for example, The Ring. That's another I famous I never movie. watched it. Yeah. I can recommend it. It's, it's uh, It has maybe a couple of... Uh, jump scare scenes but otherwise mm. the whole movie is more like about being tense like you expect something bad to happen but it, it happens only a couple of times but it, the the whole atmosphere is really creepy and it worked very well for me oh another horror movie i really liked was the event horizon i don't know if you know that one i haven't seen that that's basically that's basically doom uh, the movie it's like it's, a, it's like a sci-fi uh, a movie where it's also from the nineties, I think, where uh, they uh, go explore something in uh, in space and yeah, I remember. I that think one. it's a portal to hell or something. I don't know. It was really freaky and scary. And, I need to uh, watch that again. Apparently. A lot of unexpected things happening, but I, what I remember of it. Is, but yeah, that was a good one. And I also like the body horror stuff of uh, David Cronenberg, but it's also not really scary. Like stuff like Videodrome or something. Or I find that the or... scary stuff is uh, is the stuff that they don't show usually. When they show something, so there's a monster lurking around for me. If they don't show the monster, then, oh, you know, I, I get really freaked out. But if they show mm. it, I usually, uh, whatever. Yeah, true. But yeah, that's that, like the the first Alien movie. And I, Blair I heard Witch like, was like that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing, nothing to see in Blair Witch. <laughs> exactly. But then that that really creeped me out because of that. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the first Alien movie is really uh, famous of that. That it's yeah. really tense all the time and there's always almost nothing happening. And what I heard that Alien Isolation game really grabs that feeling of the first Alien movie where there's constantly, continuously some tense, yeah, obviously a xenomorph around and uh, he can hear you and uh, you, you can't fight back. You have to hide all the time and I heard it's really, really tense game. Yeah, you need so, to try that one as well for Halloween. Yeah. Do you have any uh, famous uh, Dutch horror movies? Uh, oof, it doesn't... I, I, yeah, uh, we had like Amsterdam, I think. <laughs> uh, and also The Lift. I, the, the, I think yeah, there was like from the 70s, 80s also when uh, you probably know Paul Verhoeven. The guy who also yeah, uh, yes. uh, made uh, Robocop and uh, Starstri- Starship Troopers. I think he also made horror movies. But uh, I have to. But it's all like really old stuff, like from maybe mm-hmm. 70s, I think, or 80s. But uh, yeah, I don't know if they hold up, but they could be. I think it's more like, like the slasher movies, like more like. Uh, 
like Scream, for example, it's it's not scary. It's just funny. <laughs> it's yeah, funny things happening with a lot of blood around. I kind of think we have a long-standing tradition in Italy about horror movies, but it's also yeah. it's probably nowadays not that uh, strong I think anymore. It's dead. But <laughs> the other, yeah, um, it has yeah. been a while, but uh, Dario Argento was uh, the biggest name. And, uh, well, I could totally recommend, for example, Suspiria is my favorite horror movie of all times. Hmm. Uh, it's not, not uh, gory. Well, it does have a few bucket loads of blood flying around, but... Uh, it's not that. It's it's like that. The whole atmosphere is. Uh, uh, it has something unearthly, perhaps. Or it doesn't feel like you're in a normal place when you watch, watch that movie. All the all the lights, the colors around are wrong, and uh, if you happen to have the chance to listen to it with a ni- nice audio surrounding system, I, I think the first time I watched it, I had the headphones on my head and uh, I was literally looking at my back sometimes beyond my back because I, I I could hear noises little noises here and there during the whole movie and it was uh, making me feel quite nervous but it's um of course it's a little bit dated nowadays it probably doesn't yeah I see they scare. made they made a remake in yeah, 2018 but, uh, <laughs> it's probably uh, that one probably sucks <laughs> you can ignore the remake just go for the original it's dated but it in my opinion it still it still has something to say so i, I like I'd recommend movies. that i don't know if you ever tried i suppose you played normal horror games and that's fine and they can be jump scary and uh, alan wake and that sort of stuff as well is very powerful however try uh, a horror game in vr and the effect oh. of scariness is amplified to the 10th level. I cannot do a game, a horror game in VR because it is really, really creepy. 10 times more than a movie or a game on a screen. I wonder if people just die of a heart attack playing that stuff. It mm-hmm. can be healthy. <laughs> but some people are really resistant to jump scares. I'm, I, yeah, I, yeah. I really hate them. I, I like scary stuff, but uh when it's those jump scares are super cheap and actually yeah they're they're just um made to get your heart racing or something but it's not i don't know it's just like you're just at the when you know there's a lot of jump scares you're just waiting okay one when is the next jump scare and somehow that's not fun for me Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I, so, I can agree. Uh, I, it relaxes me. The, the, so playing these video games, the, the flat screen ones, like the suffering I played, for me, it was relaxing. Strangely, it was, I was just like really relaxed and not thinking my brain was not engaging. And the jump scares didn't really jump scare me, but uh, not all of them. Some, some of them did, but it's all right. It's just a moment and then it's gone. Hmm. So, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I'm not really easily spooked, so maybe I just have to play those games. But maybe VR, I make VR. Not not no God. not VR, but uh, maybe I'm I'm not doing spook spook October, uh, but uh, spook November or something. <laughs> just <laughs> okay. uh, just uh, wait a month and uh, do it then. All right. Cool. Well, Vida, what have you been doing? Well, I've been playing a not so scary game. Um, it's called Cocoon, and it's re- uh, just released. It's a modern indie game. 
from the movie. Um, sorry? Is it from it's the also movie? It's a movie. Yeah, but it's not related. Uh, it's not related. All oh, right. Because uh, old people th- going around. I think yeah. that was uh, old hor- horny people, right? Uh, the cocoon <laughs> movie. <laughs> so, that would be a w- weird game. But um, no, it's a, a really strange game and hard to explain, but it's mainly uh, a puzzle game with some action elements. A lot of, there's some bosses as well. But um, you play like a sort of human crossed with a bug in a sort of uh, mechanical, um, natural mechanical world from top down. And you have to, um, there's some uh, spheres you can pick up or orbs. And those orbs you can also go into. And in those orbs are also little universes. My God, and, this is incredible, and, this, this game. Uh, and when you go out the orb, then you can pick up the orb and those orbs uh, you can use to uh, solve puzzles, to power certain machines, but also, for example, uh, uh, an or, um, a blue uh, or a green orb can use, you can use elevators, but with another orb you can use, uh, you can go over certain pathways you can't go over, but mm. you can also take an orb into an orb and it's really it it's really like a psychedelical uh, I was gonna say, game. usually i try to keep track of what you're saying but this time i just <laughs> it's I'm really just... it's really interesting and really uh something i haven't seen before and also it sounds super confusing and uh, you also when you're playing you think it's super confusing but somehow the game design is so good that they really confine the the places where you walk around and it's still easy to solve all those puzzles with, with, as, well, you think, okay, I'm jumping around into orbs and go out of there and taking with me and uh, go into this universe. And then in that universe, it's, it's really crazy, but somehow it all makes sense when you play that game. And uh, it's, it's yeah, like a masterpiece, uh, if you ask me. The only thing I think, this is a minor gripe, is that it's, a little bit too easy. Uh, oh. The puzzles, I think they could bring it to an, another level. I, I beat it in like four and a half hours. And I think mm. it, it could be more complications, more, it could be a little bit more interesting. At the end, it was really interesting. And then it was like 10 minutes and then suddenly it was done. And I think we you, they could have done way more with it. And um, the designer is also one of those designers of that game. Also made Limbo and Inside. Yeah. I don't know if you played those. Yeah, Limbo. And yes. Those I actually beat Inside also last week or two weeks ago, and that's also really good. Those are also quite scary, actually. Uh, good games. Uh, yeah. I can't recommend all those games enough, but Cocoon is definitely the best of them. Cool. Um, yeah, I'd, I'll look at it. Is it very expensive? I think I paid 15 euros or something. So it's not 15, not 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to ask, but then I think I understood. Uh, so. And yeah, also, uh, <laughs> I play these games on Steam over my Steam link, uh, my TV, um, um, uh, my Samsung TV has an app and you can play... Um, your PC games over the network on your TV. So that's really, yeah. really handy and works really well. 
and it just streams yeah, my, my PC to my living room in 4K and mm. I don't notice any lag. So I really love to play this. And suddenly, I think three days ago, I got a message on that app, like next month we stop you, uh, we stop supporting this app and you can't use it anymore. And uh, Message from who, sorry? From Samsung. Oh. So, and there's no reason okay. about why they, they don't support it anymore. They just kill it and you can't use it anymore either. And it works perfectly. <laughs> they just take it away from me. And I was really pissed. I was like, why? This works perfect. But then I was diving deeper into this and Samsung is making their own streaming app where you can play Xbox Live and maybe other streaming services. And I think... Is there no way for you to keep it no, at all? Not in my TV. Not even not updating no, or... No, I don't know. Uh, or not that I know of yet. Uh, maybe in no updates. I don't know. But I thought, okay, then I have to use another solution. So I bought the Steam Link. That's a device from Valve, which is discontinued. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, okay. just a device to stream my PC games to my computer, to my TV, but it's only 1080p, so it's worse. Also, I have to buy this, so it, it costs me money. <laughs> and yeah, there, yeah. there's other solutions as well, but I found this one for 10 euros, so I thought, uh, let's try it. And uh, if it's good enough, then it's good enough. But uh, I definitely, like, maybe I'm going to buy a new Raspberry Pi or something to to do it in 4K, but it's crazy that it works so well. <laughs> they stop, they, they just take it away from me. I was like, why Samsung, why? <laughs> when you don't own the software, this is what happens. True, yeah. So, uh, well, that uh, I'm not going to buy Samsung products anymore, probably. <laughs> Revolution. I do have something else. I was wondering whether I was gonna bring this here at this, at this stage, because we're a bit, bit over the the time but because it's halloween we spoke a lot of halloween True. stuff so i thought well i wanted to say this so this is on my spare time i did also watch some videos very interested and controversial videos of um a guy uh, named foxmaster on youtube who does well allegedly uh tomb raider games and he's made videos of um him trying uh, to convince the audience that he's made um an ai that uh, plays Tomb Raider as Lara Croft. So I'm not going to spend too long on this, but it's very amusing. And uh, he, he spends a lot of time, uh, like, for example, getting uh, the voice digitized So um, from an, an app, HT, that I used as well uh, not long ago. And uh, he uses the samples from Lara's voice to make uh, for Lara. And then every time... Basically, she speaks. She can speak a complete sentence, with, which is generated automatically. I mean, it's very hard to believe, but at least the the YouTube videos are very well put together. They're very entertaining. So, <laughs> if nothing Lara else, Lara Croft streams playing Lara Croft or something. Uh, Tomb Raider. Well, he streams, but basically, he makes. He says he makes the AI understand that the AI is Lara Croft, is herself, and 
she is playing the game and and then she comments he explains how for example he goes about making her understand and see different textures and then based on the for example if she hits something the game in the character will go ouch and then he will capture that noise it will be sent over to the ai which then it will construct a, a sentence based on that combined to the with the texture that's in front and again it's very unlikely that this guy's done it right because it's so complicated and and there's some other videos that debunk it a little bit mm. uh, and there's not really lots of evidence but it's put together well and it's very entertaining so if you want to help this guy and go and give him a, a look up um it's called Foxmaster and it's called I think it's Lara Croft plays herself or something like that and no, no, it's very entertaining. Very entertaining. There's three parts. Then there's the bloopers where she dies because obviously the machine also plays the game and understands slowly how to play the mm. game in theory. And you can see every time it dies, it explains, it tries to explain everything, but there's nothing really ever, ever very technical or no, no screen. It's not really but again, evidence the entertainment value. Code or no, something. No, no. You can't run the code yourself because if he made it. He no way, no way. Uh, there's there's loads, loads more to it. I mean, he did hours and hours of videos and explaining all this. And here, I'm just trying to sum it up in like two, <laughs> three minutes. So it's very complicated. But watch it if you if you have some time because I think it's quite it's quite amusing. Sounds like a perfect video okay. to run in the background while you're, while you're working or something. Exactly, exactly. If you're not too much ADHD, uh, like. Probably all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, well, um, there you go. That's um, like a thing that kept me entertained for a little bit. And um, hope maybe you'll find it interesting. Uh, I think we should now, we're a bit late. Let's go, let's go quickly over to the topic of today, which are horror games. <laughs> So what's your favorite platform, the two of you, for playing horror games or creepy-looking games? Do you have any platform that you would choose as your favorite? Well, like I said, I, <laughs> I didn't play a lot of uh, horror games. But I think if I should choose one now, like an, a retro system to play horror games, I think the perfect one is either PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2. I think there's a lot of good horror games on there. Uh, but I don't have a lot of experience with them. But something like Silent Hill or something, I, I think is really interesting. Uh, of course, the Resident Evil games, the old, old ones. And there's a lot of those tank control, tank control, survival horror games on those platforms. So I think PlayStation 1 would be perfect, but I'm not sure. You? Uh, well, for me, PlayStation 1 is too new <laughs> no that's <laughs> retro that's retro yeah yeah by now it is yeah but uh, uh for some reason i i always think of the spectrum but uh of course then it means uh little games like little creepy games not really scary game of course that's not really possible to get you scared with the zx spectrum but uh, yeah, I think maybe the... I don't know, it, it might be... The Mega Drive? I have a long history. No, sorry. I think maybe the Mega Drive also has a lot of scarier looking games. Yeah, because yeah. at that age, yeah. at that time, they wanted to be different from Nintendo and they 
want to have all the blood and gore. And uh, so I think there's a lot of games there which are a little bit more Yeah, scary. that's right as well, yeah. Uh, for, for me, I think it started with that old game called uh, The Trapdoor on the Spectrum, which is based on a, a British animated series that's uh, actually it's it's quite a good series for kids, but also not not kids. And uh, I think our friend Pix is using the main character from that series as his avatar mm. on our Discord. If you hang around our Discord, mm. then he's using the avatar. And uh, it, it used to be a game for Spectrum. Well, unfortunately, very very slow. It's very slow. So if you have an emulator that can speed up the game a little bit, nowadays it's better to use it because it's painfully <laughs> slow on a real spectrum. Just the gameplay. But it, the, the game is heavily, was heavily based on, on the series where the, the main character, this blue creature called Burke, works as a butler, maybe, for an unseen monster living in the attic that gives him uh, tasks to complete. And usually the tasks tasks involve to open the trapdoor or to close the trapdoor, which is in the basement and is apparently a bottomless well or something like that. Any sort of thing can come out of it. And that started my long tradition of creepy games on the spectrum. So every year when it's Halloween time, I go check nowadays if there's new ones being made for the spectrum. Hmm. Cool. And you found one. I think my, if I if I have to say, mine one would be probably PS2, following Widow's examples of uh, Silent Hill and that sort of um, stuff that was released on the PS2. And going further back, I think I remember the first game that actually I was a bit, uh, I was a bit horrified of was Dark Seed on the Amiga. That was uh, something that always shook me. Uh, it was a bit eerie for me. And then Waxworks always on the Amiga. All right. <laughs> so should we share what we found about new ones there's actually a lot new creepy games yeah let's go ahead okay well I, I said Spectrum so of course I checked out many of those from this year or last year and there were actually quite a lot of them so I had to just pick one from the Spectrum and I went with this game called Tiny Nightmares that is actually heavily based on uh, Little Nightmares, which is a, I think, a PC game. Yeah, it's all platforms. By Tarsier Studios. It's it's very famous one. So, but don't think too much about the inspiration. The character is the same, but now this is a Spectrum game. So it it's a it's a small game. It's a tiny game, as the the, the name itself implied. But I find it really nice. I haven't had time to play all the levels. I have the feeling that there are probably not that many levels. Nevertheless, is a sort of puzzle platform game. You are this little girl in a yellow raincoat in these uh, creepy locations. Your primary purpose is just to get out of each location, so find a way to, to open the door to the exit. And you do so by going around the screens and finding objects and figuring out how to use each object in a certain way to unlock something else. So what you usually call gated exploration game, hmm. I think. Your favorite. <laughs> and That's my favorite. Your yes. favorite, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think you could like this one if you can stand the, 
traditional color clash oh, yeah. spectrum. I, I, <laughs> There's a lot of it in I this think game. That, that in, uh, what you said, like the ZX Spectrum, there's something weird about those graphics, which really fit those horror team. Maybe because they use a lot of black backgrounds. It's always a lot yeah, of yeah, dark. Yeah. And That's true. I don't know. It's really fitting. I think uh, this game also looks quite interesting. I never played the original. Uh, did you? No. I, I have it, but uh, it's on my. It's another Halloween game I, I never played. So uh, another one on the short list. Yeah, I hear, I hear great stories about it. It's like the uh, a podcast I always listen to, Indie Quest. They have them highly recommended. So, uh, mm. but I don't know if there's any similarities other than the. The main character in this game. Yeah, I, ca- I can't say because I haven't played the original one either. It also looks a bit like a, a point-and-click adventure with with items or something. I don't know. Uh, if I look at the screenshots, I see in the bottom of the screen, I see sort of uh, object names. I see a lighter. and mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I have the feeling that it's yes. like a point-and-click adventure, but you're not pointing and clicking, but... More like platforming. Yes, you are platforming. You're just moving around with the keyboard or joystick, jumping, climbing. And uh, you can also crouch, but I don't think it comes up very often. Okay. And then in many screens, there's an object that you can pick up. And it has a special function, typically in another screen. But after figuring out how to use all the objects, eventually you'll get to opening the door and getting to the next level. Mm. But it really has a nice, uh, that nice little creepy mood. There's things like in some rooms there are uh, enemies that uh, they hurt you by just looking at you. Okay. For example, in the first level, that's an eye that it's coming, a giant eye coming out of the wall. And, uh, just by looking at you, it can drain your energy. So you don't die immediately when you hit the, the monsters in this game. You have a certain energy, which isn't really shown on the screen. But as soon as you get hit once, the border around the screen starts flashing red okay. in a pretty creepy way. It flashes red slowly, and then the more hits you get, the faster it flashes, and then at some point you die. And it's explained that, <clears throat> sorry, it is explained that it is your heart rate getting faster until your heart explodes or wow. something like that. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> oh my god, that's very dramatic. Yeah. It sounds Especially creepy, but the girl. game it's not. It's not scary. It's not really scary. The game. Also, the there is a challenge in also jumping around and avoiding the enemies. So part of it is about being a performer. But uh, the main point of the game, I think it's uh, figuring out the solution. So when you die, you just restart from the beginning of the screen and whatever objects you have already used, you don't have to do everything oh, again. Nice. They are already they're already done. You just start from the beginning, however. Uh, so you, you need, of course, to get out alive of the screen at some point, but it's not... Uh, hard on you so these levels are not so big then so if you start from the beginning every time even if you so they're not too many screens no i'd say maybe 10 dozen screens something like that not too huge you don't have to go uh, a long a long way 
end to end. 12, 12 screens. And is, is there well, a, I didn't count them, but more or less. Is there a way to attack back to the enemies or is it only avoiding? No, no attacks, uh, nothing else. You just need to avoid the dangers mm. and, uh, and that's it. Uh, in, in some places, it's difficult to immediately realize where you can jump. So that was another difficulty, another challenge for me, because um, there are some wide gaps that so many times I thought, no, there's no way I can get there. And I was trying other things before finally trying and then realizing, oh, okay, yes, I can get there. And this is probably where I should go. But I, I like the level of challenge in these games, not too hard, but also not, not that trivial. I had to think about how to use those those different objects. Is it a flip screen? Nice. Or is it just continuous scrolling? It's a flip screen, yeah. Ah, okay. One screen, one room. So is, there, is there a scrolling on ZX Spectrum? Uh, yes, there are some games who do it, modern games. Uh, Sword of Vienna, I think, is one. Um, it's probably more complicated than we imagined. Yeah, there were also old games with scrolling, but... Uh, not many. It might not look very smooth at all. I think there there might have been. I think I remember. I'm I'm go I would have to think about what games, but I also know there's a Castlevania game on the ZX Spectrum. Uh, it's not official, of course, but uh, it's one I I try to play, but uh, I never got it running because I'm I'm a ZX Spectrum noob. But it's called Castlevania <laughs> Spectral Interlude, and I heard it's good. So. Maybe uh, it's another one for maybe next year. Totally, totally. Anything else to add, Diego, to this? Uh, no, I can I can move to other recommendations for other systems. Okay. So there's a new game. Oh, by the way, before before I move on, this tiny nightmares. Let's say that it's made in 2023 by EJBG or Eduardo Jose Villalobos Galindo. Wow. <laughs> because I wanted to give proper credits to the author, of course. And it should also work on a basic 48K spectrum. And it's free, uh, right? Okay, the, that's cool. Yeah. Then less, less contemporary game. Let's go back to last year, but we didn't mention this game before. So I think uh, since they are also loosely creepy, I would say they fit with Halloween. So if you have an SM MSX2+, Plus you would want to try out Ghostly Manor by the 9958 crew. I really couldn't figure out the names of the authors, but that's the name of the team at least. And Ghostly Manor, it's really, like, not creepy at all. It's about a little girl in a ghostly manor in a haunted house, so there's skeletons and ghosts and little Frankenstein monsters. But the, none of these look scary at all. It's it's a very tame game. It's also kind of non-violent because even when you your character dies, it doesn't really die. The the game tells you that you've just been scared and you have a certain number of scares until the game <laughs> is over. So this is also it's a simple kind of platforming. Not really puzzle game, not much to think. But uh, now I know this is going to sound very similar to the previous one because the <laughs> the main point is uh, getting to the exit door. First, you need to find the key, and then you need to get to the exit door. 
Right. And uh, and that's it. This is really really simple game. So it's it's a relaxing, quiet game. You your only weapon, so to speak, is the ability to either break certain bricks or build certain bricks. So the screen is a little longer than one one screen. The level is a little longer than one screen. There's scrolling usually left and right only. And there's bricks that are immovable, indestructible, and other bricks that instead you quickly learn that you can smash them just by pressing the button. But you can also build them back by pressing the button. It's, and, uh, it's similar. Do you know the games uh, Solomon's Key on the NES? Yeah, sure. That's, I think that looks yeah, similar. Yeah, it's a famous one. I think uh, that there's many similarities but after all, these ghostly manor mechanics are pretty basic. There's nothing really groundbreaking over here. So there's lots of critters, all of them a little bit funny looking. Some of them walk, some of them fly, some of them shoot you, and uh, some destroy the bricks themselves. They are all actually named after some candy or, or dessert. <laughs> so there's the marshmallow. They look very cute, don't they, as well? Yeah. There's the marshmallows and there's the gelatos and and others. Looks really bright and really colorful. It's colorful, yeah. It's colorful. It's uh, al- almost pinky. Really neon, neon lights. But I think it look it looks good and it sounds good and as you said, it's a pretty playful <laughs> game for Halloween, but still about ghosts. So. I think it's it's good and it it's also good for little kids in my opinion because of that. Hmm. Interesting. Is this free or is it uh, pay? Uh, all all the games that I'm gonna suggest tonight are either free or name your own price on each.io. Right. Okay. Okay. I can also recommend the last one and then I'll, I'll let you guys speak. So th- there's another little game. This time is for NES and yes, and this is a game that uh, participated in the NESDEV Compo 2022. Didn't fare that high in the ranking, but it almost won in the originality category. It's a game by Dallahan Software, and it's called Spooky Soccer. It's the same creator of uh, Naps and Debs. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I, th- I found that uh, it's a pretty unusual kind of uh, game because... Uh, the setting is a soccer match, but you're not actually playing soccer. You're not controlling the characters. Mm. Instead, you are a little ghost that is drawn as a square, really. You're a little ghost that has the power to influence what the the players on the field do. And uh, on one hand, you can always manifest, causing the ball to come towards you a little bit. So you can direct the ball towards your team's player and not the others, for example. And then you have a set of special abilities that you can activate. You can loop with the select button through these abilities. So one of them is a scare ability that scares whoever is uh, having the ball at the moment. If you are close enough to it and it causes them to shoot, or you can uh, cause a blast that basically hurls all the players to the ground for a little bit so they are 
out of game or you can cause some eerie music to to start and some of the players will fall asleep and there's also another one that I am not sure how much of an effect it has but you can target one of your players and increase its abilities with the, its skill with the, with the ball somehow so the controls are very simple you move with the with the keys around the field and then with select you can loop through the four different abilities and then you press either A to manifest and attract the ball or B to use one of your special abilities. I really love the looks of this game. It's really tiny, everything. You see the whole field in one screen. So, uh, yeah, with the resolution of uh, of the NES, it's like every player is a few pixels. It looks really fun. And uh, I see that you can play it with four players as well. So that could be a really nice yeah, party yeah. game. I, unfortunately, I haven't tried that four-player, but there's apparently a four-player option two versus two <laughs> or otherwise um, there's a solo play versus the computer but I think it's pretty easy and there's a traditional one versus one and I do think that it looks really nice really great there's a drawback however that it's not that easy to figure out which ones are your oh, players yeah. really because uh, because they all have a big head and black hair and the only difference is either red shirt or purple shirt. Oh, wow, shirt. and it's one, one pixel. So you have to look a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's very tiny. Like you have to squint a bit to see You can see exactly who they are. <laughs> well, try that. <laughs> yeah. this, this could be a fun Halloween night uh, game to just uh, put on a CRT with with four controllers where people can just... Uh, if yeah, you have yeah, like totally. a Halloween party... Yeah. <laughs> It just looks really silly and it's probably yeah, almost not competitive. It's more like a toy maybe because because of all the confusion happening. I had a look at this one and I, I really love it because it's so original and refreshing in, in the, uh, the gamma of all the games that we see. It's just a completely different uh, point of view for a soccer game and a so, sort of horror game in some respect. But... Uh, I just uh, it, it just seems so much fun. Um, I think, and I really want to have a go at this. Yeah, it's said that it's just a prototype. It could be something, if it's more polished, maybe that could be some onto something. Like, yeah, why yeah. not? Why why not make this a full blown indie game where you? Yeah, uh, I really love these like silly sport games. Yeah. Anyway, make it something uh, maybe a little bit more polished. I don't know. But uh, it looks, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I really love these crazy sports games. Uh, that's that's, I, I, I never like uh, simulation sports, but these weird sport games, I, I really like. So uh, yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, could, uh, could be fun. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I really want to have a go at this one. It's it just looks so much fun. I can't I can't stop repeating. It, but, yeah, <laughs> really nice idea. The idea is just also totally not scary. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's You're right. right. <laughs> that's anyway, uh, shall I uh, talk about my games? Of course. I see, Wido, you've been on a on a run on a Game Boy. Yeah, I, I've looked into the the Game Boy uh, competition uh, 2023 submissions. Okay. Theme of that competition was "You Are the Monster," so I thought there could be some Halloween games in there or something Halloween adjacent mm. games, and I just 
went through the list of 82 entries now. And now we're going to do them all. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> 12 I, I hours later. I have to pick games which are not just a demo, mm-hmm. because there were uh, ga- games w- which looked really interesting, but there were just a demo, so I thought, let's skip on those. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to play one level and then demo ends. I really want to have a, a finished game. And then I just looked at screenshots, what's interesting. So I played six games, which... Okay, that's yeah, a lot. I'm not going to talk much <laughs> cool. about at least three of these. I'll, I'll rapid fire these th- first three, which are also not really scary games. So uh, I played Mission Earth, which is clearly inside or Limbo-inspired platformer game with like... I think they call it cinematic platformers, mm. where you have to also push around boxes to solve puzzles, stuff like that. You play like a little alien where you can uh, find specimens of plants and, and animals on the planet. And you it's just basically a platformer where you walk around, push boxes to solve puzzles. They try to make like the boxes to have like sort of gravity or physics but uh, i don't know this doesn't work on game boy <laughs> the, the collision detection on this game is pretty terrible and uh, not good yeah okay because also uh, they use a lot of like uh diagonal platforms and i know that's uh, hard for 8-bit systems to do and you clearly sometimes you just fall d- through the floor and uh uh, because there, the collision doesn't detect that you're on the on the floor and stuff like that. But why I was wanted to play this game? It looks so attractive. It looks really like every screen has like four colors or something, and every scenery element is like a tree. For example, in the background is all purple, and I don't know. It looks really painterly. It's really nice, uh, nice graphical style. So. I think they are onto something, but maybe not make it in mm. Game Maker Studio or something. Or I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's made in the Game Maker Studio, but uh, it, it, I feel uh, it needs a lot more time in the oven to make it a poli- polished game. And it ended like in those um, what's that game where you uh, Simon Says or something, Simon. The, where the when you see blinking lights of colors and you have to remember and and yes, yes Simon says uh, yes. yeah like it ends in like five or six of those puzzles in the end and you have to press buttons oh. which don't when when you press the button then you press the different button which is really weird you're standing in front of one button and you press another button because the collection <laughs> is all broken oh, no. so yeah. yeah it's it's quite uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's quite... Uh, I don't want to flame this game, but I think, yeah, it, it looks beautiful and it's really in, onto something, but I think, like, I think it was three months or something to make these games. Let's see, the Game Boy Compo. I think it was three months. Uh, what, what's, yeah. Let's remind the listeners what, what's uh, the title of this game that, we're, that you're talking about. Mission now. Earth. Mission Earth. So uh, I left a review on the... That's all when you play a Game Boy competition game. Please leave reviews because I think uh, people need that. And uh, and the developer responded and he said, yeah, the collision uh, isn't working correctly, I noticed. And uh, 
I'm working on it. So maybe there, when you're listening to this, maybe there's already an update and fixes a lot of stuff. I hope so. Okay. Yeah. So uh, another game I played, which is also not really scary, is Slime Trails, which is basically a platformer where you the main gimmick is that you have a grappling hook. And the grappling hook is not something which you can put on uh, fixed positions, but you can use it everywhere and you can swing around with it. And it's, I call these games platformers. <laughs> I love it. Because you, because you die a lot, because you, there's a lot of spikes and you swing into spikes. And so you really have to use those, you really have to learn the, uh, the swinging around mechanics and get to the exit. It's just, um, it's a scrolling platformer and you have to uh, swing around until you find the door and go in there. And sometimes yeah. in some levels there's keys which you can pick up to open the door. So yeah, it's really like um, a pure platforming game and it's really fun. I really love to play it. And uh, But the graphics in this game are not that polished it's really basic so well, like I the mission think. earth was really graphical powerhouse and the platforming wasn't that great and this game this is really basic but the platforming is actually really really well made and really fun to play through and, and in the end you see how much time it took you to finish the game and also how many deaths you it took you it was like 300 or something for me <laughs> let's see i can see it i played it oh no it's 150 devs and it was around 15 minutes it took me to finish but the developer responded on my screenshots and he said uh, it's actually a quite fast time so but it's maybe fun mm, uh, speedrun game as well mission earth does look very I, nice I, I liked it um another game which i played was muncher which were wow we're actually talking about six games yeah yeah today this is really fast <laughs> Muncher is uh, a game where you play a pig and you can eat it's because I'm editing it's also <laughs> it's also a platformer and you can find animals to eat as a pig so you find a bird I think and a rabbit and maybe a cat even uh, it's look, it looks quite good and the platforming works quite well but this game doesn't have any levels it was just <laughs> platforms in the sky you press up you jump up you run around you jump until the end of the there's no thing you can die of it's just yeah it's just no there's no level design so that's really unfortunate because right. the graphics were quite okay and every level so to speak uh, had a different style but yeah, there was no design to the levels. It was just floating platforms and it was really easy and it was over in like three minutes or something. So uh, a lot. I can't really find this one. I was trying to have a look at the at the art style of this one, but I can't find it. Uh, yeah, like it's, really it's quick. I was trying to find little it pig, actually. So it uh, looks some, pe some people are really scared of pigs. I don't know why, because maybe they are really <laughs> strange animals. But maybe for some people this is a horror game <laughs> it's called muncher <laughs> uh so now get get to the main meat of the of my games <laughs> gosh yeah um which are halloween adjacent i think so my first one my first game uh i wanted to bring is troll mother 
it's based on uh, Norse mythology where yeah the troll mythology so not the trolls you know from the 90s with the big hair uh, the big bright hair but uh, the scary trolls from uh, maybe from Finland do you know those uh, Jago the trolls like troll mythology I think well, that's Scandinavian doesn't I, ring a bell I'm not really well versed in <laughs> Norse mythology to be honest but I know the Moomin trolls from Finland, but they're <laughs> they're cute. The opposite of scary. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched the movie, which was was also quite strange. Box well, trolls. Well, anyway, there is like a sort of scary troll mythology in uh, in Norway, and uh, this is based. I think it's based around it. You are like a troll, um, and your titular troll mother. You find a, a boy in the woods. The boy is lost and you ask if he joins you in your camp. The boy will think you're the mother now. Uh, it's a little boy. Okay. And what you do is... So you go you go into an, uh, a menu where you have... Uh, um, which says winter year one, for example. You start with that. And then you get December, January, yeah. February. And for every month, you can choose what the boy is going to do in those months. So you can choose uh, to go into the camp. You can choose to go into the forest and you can unlock uh, later on. You can unlock, for example, the bridge or the mines. So you can send them to the mines. But what's the goal of this game? I don't understand. Well, I'm going to explain it. When you bring, uh, when he goes to one of those places, his stats mm. uh, changes. So he can get more wild or more tame. He can get uh, more patient or uh, less patient, or he can get, learn magic or be more like a worker. And according to these those stats, the boy meets people or there's events on those places where you send them. So um, when you send them, for example, to the the camp, the main camp, the troll camp, then he when he is really um, not wild, then he can talk to the people. The other troll people there and he has conversation with them that that's the whole gameplay so there's not a lot of gameplay you only decide every time as a mother troll mother what he's going to do the next three months and after 10 years or something or maybe five the game ends and according to those st stats and what the boy uh, has found and which characters he found along the way he makes a decision how the game ends game ends so for example my boy i sent him a lot to the bridge and i, ma I made him really um, uh, tame so he was like really uh, not scared of people so when he went to the bridge there's a lot then uh, over the bridge there was people walking and he, they noticed him sitting there down the bridge and they wanted to talk to him so he has a conversation with the people on the bridge yeah, and every time when you visit there and you have the correct stats, then you can talk to those people. And uh, in the end, in my case, I talked so much to the humans that I went back to the human village. And that's how my uh, game ended. But this game has many endings and many places where there's story. So maybe you can also 
in the end decide to join the troll camp or maybe there's something in the minds to do or there's also different factions of trolls. Uh, there's a lot of in here, but in my case, I, I played it one time through, but and I got this ending and I leave in the middle if that's a good or a bad ending. <laughs> mm. But do you think there's any bad ending, like really I'm bad sure ending? Be- because I feel... The troll mother gives the boy a meal in the first uh, time and the boy asks the troll mother like, what's in this meal? And the troll mother says, uh, yeah, I'll uh, let you know when you're older. And later the boy asks the troll mother because you can also communicate with the boy. Uh, uh, he asks, uh, what, what's in this, uh, what was in this uh, 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 food you gave me, in this soup you gave me? Your parents. <laughs> yeah, uh, and... Uh, and in my case, the troll mother didn't want to tell. Mm. She said uh, herbs and, uh, and, uh, and vegetables. But I feel there's something eerie going on. Maybe <laughs> something like your parents or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I feel maybe, or maybe when you join the trolls that there is a bad ending. I don't know. Uh, there's, uh, the, the game uh, description says there's many endings. And, I think there's uh, there's a lot to it, and the graphics are quite nice. I, I really love all the sceneries they looks good. They they uh, they made. My my only gripe with this game is that it almost plays itself. It's not a lot of mm. um, things to do. You only decide. But it could that can be a much. pro as well. You know, it doesn't have to be necessarily for you. Yes, of course, you don't like that, but I don't mind this uh, kind of idea to be honest. A similar interaction was probably given in Traumatarium, so it was very simple, yeah. but it was very fast, and you could not, you, do, you don't really have to pay that much attention. You don't have to be glued to the screen to see what happens. Yeah, that's true. Know? It's also in the in the genre description of the itch.io page. It says it's a visual novel or interactive fiction, and I can think that's a correct genre for the game. Mm. It's you, when you say it plays itself. Uh, you mean you still have to to interact with it you still have to click and yeah you sh- still have those choices of it, those you don't, you don't leave it there well, you don't just leave it there yeah no you can uh you can make those three choices of every what what where he goes in those months but and you can talk to him but that's pretty much it uh and also when you uh, talk to the guy you have some options uh, to your okay uh, yeah so you have some options to steer the conversation, but I don't know how many, how much effect it has. But assuming that, uh, yeah, the, the the description of the game says that it has many endings, so I, I assume there's a lot of ways how it can end. And yeah, I think. Uh, how long did it, did it take you oof, to reach um, the ending? I think maybe thirty minutes or something. Oh wow! Oh, that- that's good because yeah, yeah. It's, well, if it was too long, then maybe it might be yeah, it might be not. It's not worth to play another part. time. But yeah, if if it's only thirty minutes, yeah, it's, it's like sitting down to read a book or something. You can a just, bus trip yeah. or something like that. You can and, uh, see if you get a new. I ending. think this game is really impressive and yeah, really polished for three months of work. I, I almost don't believe it's made in three months. I I found it oddly compelling. From a visual point of view, mm. I don't know why I like the palette and the graphic style of this, but but it looks really yeah, nice. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Um, how how can you I know, describe this, me, uh, this art style? It's a bit uh, 
Yeah, cartoonish, but... Uh, it's, mm, it's a bit like chibi in some respect, but oh, not... Chibi, yeah. not yeah, yeah, because they've got big heads and really small bodies, anime. but then... It's not anime, it's yeah. Really it's like... It's, uh, um, well, I think... Like the, those cows uh, you see on the in the one of the screenshots, they have like a bit of moomin energy uh, around them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. True. True story. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, and uh, the color makes it looks a little bit like it's uh, on paper or something like that, or old yeah. parchment. Yeah. Because I think it's good because it represents also sort of diary that you are interacting with a little bit. Yeah. I think, yeah. That's the, the main in- interaction, sort of calendar. I don't know if it's. If it's really a spooky game, but I feel there's some weirdness going around, and I think, some I think, I think you can find spooky stuff in here. But uh, yeah, I don't know for sure. But uh, I, yeah, of course, those trolls are pretty freaky. Uh, so, <laughs> is there a name for this genre of games at all? Yeah, I think interactive fiction, maybe. But that is, I'm, I'm it's not like a convinced. Tamagotchi game, isn't it? I was yeah. thinking Almost, the same. Yeah, I was thinking maybe. the same. But as, more you, as you started at the beginning, I thought, wow, this is a little bit like Tamagotchi growing some character up. Yeah. Or, uh, for example, there's an old 80s game for the Commodore 64 called Little Computer People. That I really like that game. That there's just one screen with a house and a character living in the house, and you interact with it, like telling it, go play the piano, or you can buy buy books for him to read and something like that you just see how it develops and it doesn't really have a goal yeah it's it's maybe and, a, uh, a tamagotchi with a story it could be a nice uh, description of this uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. i don't know I, I i liked it uh i he can't die uh of your actions as far as i know but maybe 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 he can i don't know <laughs> so uh this is for the listener to find out I recommend this one. Great. I think I, I like this as well. Like um, visual, visually, I like it a lot. It's very clean. And uh, as, I, as I said before, if, you know, it's uh, not too much to do. And uh, you can have all these endings and then there's all these things you say. Plus, it's a completely different sort of game. A bit like the spooky uh, yeah. soccer. And uh, it, for me, this brings a nice breath of fresh air. And people are starting to explore different venues, which is amazing. And I can't wait for new stuff like this to come out. So this one, I am going to download and I am going to play it because this seems something completely different. Again, yes. Nice find this one, Rido. Great. Oh, I should should give credit. It's made by Trollkunst, I think. Trollkunst. Trollkunst. With a K. So, yeah, check it out. It's free, so... Yes, totally. Um, yeah, and the next games, actually, both are my favorite. <laughs> Gated Exploration, Metroidvania games. <laughs> Gated Exploration. <laughs> Platformers as well. I'm joking, I'm joking. So uh, Enchiladas is one of those games. It's ma- it looks great. It's made by Mr. Popschmeer creative names as well <laughs> it says in the itch.io it says uh, game design and idea by marco windrich which is sounds german and engine modif- modification and programming by dominic Siemer. so yeah that uh, sounds pretty german um in this game you play like a sort of alien monster which escapes from uh, a test tube in a lab- uh, laboratory and 
you start as sort of like worm-like creature and uh, you can do a lot. You can only climb ladders and walk around uh, until you find uh, DNA. So that's the main goal of this game. You find DNA to grow yourself. So uh, the first uh, um, thing you pick up is DNA to grow legs. And, and then you're a worm with legs. Yeah. And I don't know why this is, but if you have legs, you can open doors as well. So that's, or use buttons. Well, with your feet. Yeah, I don't know why, why that is, but yeah, uh, the main goal is actually escaping the laboratory as an alien. And you're the monster. So if you find a, 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 a professor or a laboratorian, how do you call that? A scientist. Uh, a scientist, yeah. If you find a scientist, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Laboratorian. <laughs> that's a good yeah, word, to be honest. I think I just translated it from Dutch. Anyway, <laughs> a scientist, you can, of course, <laughs> eat it. Uh, it doesn't affect anything, but it's really gory, <laughs> which is fun. It's like a, a, a heap of meat uh, when, uh, when, uh, when you're done with it. So uh, you can uh, kill all the scientists. And the main goal is just find more uh, DNA to grow yourself and get more skills eventually you can jump and then you can escape the the laboratory and optionally you can kill all the scientists and you get that in the on the end you get the stat screen if you killed them all and uh, of course i did <laughs> it's really short uh, it's a little bit of an experiment it's also quite linear for a for a metroidvania game so yeah you can just go one way and then find the dna and go it's really clear where to go because it's really yeah, tiny I, I was gonna ask if it's linear in the sequence of the these augmentations yeah unfortunately it is it, it could be get... cool oh, okay, uh, okay if it if you could option yeah modular. it would be really nice but yeah it's yeah. it's yeah. in the end it's a pretty basic game with some platforming challenges the platforming isn't the greatest it's a little, little bit janky with I think it's something of Game Maker. I feel it's like the Game Maker jump. I don't know. <laughs> or the, the game, game Boy Studio, I mean. Game Boy Studio. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it could be tweaked. But all in all, it was a nice short experience. I, I, I really like the graphics. And I also like the teaming of, of that, that really ni- nasty red little worm monster evolving to something more nasty and escaping the lab and it yeah actually yeah, i wanted to know what happens when you escape the lab but the game ends there so it's it's quite short but uh, it would be nice to have a follow-up of this game and see to grow to another even bigger monster and destroy earth or something that would be really nice but <laughs> that, yeah that sounds really cool i mean this sounds like a like an intro to something bigger that could be much, much more deep. And as you said, you could do the module part, then you could have like him becoming even bigger and bigger and bigger. And then maybe the screen zooms out. I don't know if it's possible, but it's um looks really nice as well. I mean, it's really beautiful. To yeah, look at. that's what, what I, uh, uh, that's what my, what that attracted to me to pick this game up. And of course, yeah, I always like, uh, a good metroidvania when it says it's just like when i when <laughs> i when it says metroidvania episode. then i'm 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 sold, sold. <laughs> and 
actually, yeah, I'm, I'm not always, I, I always try metrophanias, but I'm not always clicking with them. So sometimes I really abandon them really quickly. So it's not always that I always like every metrophania out there. So there's, there has to be some kind of hook in there. But I think this game is inspired by a modern indie game. And I'm... Yeah, yeah Carrion, Carrion isn't yeah. It? it? looks really like Carrion. And in Carrion you also... It's also a sort of inverse Metroidvania where you play the monster and kill scientists. So I feel it's... It at least has similar vibes. So yeah, I don't know if it's inspired or not. But uh, anyway, it's... Yeah. It's short. I think it, uh, it's only 20 minutes or something to finish. But uh, Yeah. Name, name your own price as well. Yeah. On each it looks cool. Um, you said 20 minutes to finish. I right? think something like 40, that, yeah. I, I didn't keep time, but uh, it couldn't be long. Yeah, but, but quite short. And it yeah. was also not terribly difficult. So, uh, But the next game I talk about is quite difficult. So <laughs> it's a nice transition. <laughs> it is. It's called... Feed it souls. And uh, when you read souls, then you immediately think, okay, this is, uh, this is a hard game. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with souls-like games, but uh, uh, souls-like games are really difficult. So uh, I thought maybe it's a souls-like, but it's not. Anyway, it's made by Gumpy Function. That's also the studio which made that McDonald's game uh, not long ago. I was going to say, it sounded familiar, yeah. In this game, you play... Well, I, I will read the story because it's quite weird. You are the offspring of IT, or IT, a biotechnological monstrosity after only one thing, delicious souls. Seek out and retrieve souls to feed your master his power is your power and every soul retrieved will enhance your mobility as you explore your surroundings. Well, uh, if you read this, then you immediately think, okay, this is a classic Metroidvania gated exploration game. <laughs> yeah, I think this is uh, the most polished game I played of them all uh, from the uh, Game Boy competition. When you start this game, it's actually a Game Boy Color game, but it looks uh, grayscale. So you think, why is this a Game Boy Color game? That's quite weird. So it's it's uh, only the the brownish. It's more brownish than greenish. Uh, so maybe that's why a Game Boy Color game. Not Commodore sixty four then, because you always say yeah, they're brown. Yeah, it has a, a little bit of uh, Commodore sixty four <laughs> energy. <laughs> but you play like a sort of uh, zombie kind of creature, or like a sort of. It's definitely human, but. It almost looks like a mummy or something, a tiny mummy. And uh, you immediately get a map when you start. You talk to the it, the IT, it's, which is a sort of smiley on the screen, uh, interweaved with a sort of fleshy heap of <laughs> goop. I don't know <laughs> what it is, but uh, he's your master. And he says uh, he, he really it. wants souls. And you're out there to find the souls. And he says, uh, on the, he gives a pointer on the map, you go there and find this soul. And, and uh, uh, like the other game in the I just talked about, you can't jump at the start. So first you have to just walk around and use ladders to get up. And then 
when you find your first soul, uh, you unlock the jump. And then uh, the game opens up more. You find places where you can jump up and uh, look for other souls. And eventually you get a wall jump, uh, stuff like that to get even farther. But the interesting ga um, gimmick of this game is that it's more about platforming uh, than like most Metroidvanias are more about combat or maybe sometimes about puzzles. But this is really like a platforming game. And uh, the platforming because of the wall jumps and it's quite difficult platforming and even some auto-scrolling uh, sections where you have to be quick. Uh, it, it reminded me a lot of Celeste, the indie game. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah. Those platforming sections because you have to use the wall and uh, slide down the wall and jump from it. And yeah, uh, there's a lot of spikes where you can die. And it's, it's really, you have to be really tight with the platforming. And somehow it re the, the platforming reminded of Celeste. And that's, of course, a great thing to be reminded it of. It does look very polished, like when they jump and everything. They've got little like clouds of smoke. I know, you know, it's now common, but it looks good. Looks yeah, good. And, and this game also has bosses, which are really hard to beat, which is also really fun to figure out how to beat them. Uh, they have really like good signposts of what kind of attacks they're going to do. So if you learn how to uh, beat them, you, you, you really have to try several times to see what patterns they have. And when you learn the patterns, then you can beat them. So that's really uh, fun to figure out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's also optionally uh, eggs everywhere in the world. And if you find... Eggs. Eggs. If you find five uh, eggs, eggs, sorry, you can... Uh, yeah. unlock a different color palette so so oh. then you can change the look of the game with change the four different colors you're okay. using to That's a different color palette and, and one of those game no not at all so not even difficult here no no but one of those color palettes okay. is called spooktober so that's cool which is i think red black and gray or something Ah, so it's multicolor because um, I see it's all like greenish as um, as a start. Yeah, it looks like a regular it? Game Boy game, but that's why it's a Game Boy Color game, I guess. Just for the yeah, palette. Yeah. It's quite unfortunate. Yeah, that's, that's quite fresh. Ah. The reason I say it's so polished is mainly because of the bosses. And there's a really nice end boss with several uh, stages of uh, complexity and... Yeah, it felt when I when I was done, I was like, "Wow, this is this was really a game, <laughs> uh, not just a demo," uh, which I really loved. Yeah, it even has uh, difficulty modes, so you can also play it on hard mode. Uh, of course, you have those eggs as optional collectibles, so there's a lot of things to do in this game, and there's a speed run run mode. Oh, really? That's, that's yeah, interesting that's that they catered for that. A staple of Metroidvanias, I think. Because in the end, you see how, how much yeah, time yeah. it took okay, you to yeah, beat the I game. And in my case, it was... Well, it says 33 minutes and 32 seconds. But I don't know if it also... And uh, yeah, it also says it. I have 72 deaths. So I feel it took me way longer. But maybe... I don't know if it's real time or in-game time or... I didn't use save state, so 
I don't know. It has a, by the way, pretty good uh, checkpointing system as well. So you can easily, when you die, you can just go back and play the hard section. Every hard section, there's a checkpoint before it. And yeah, respawn you can, where you where you can try again, which is really good. I like that the checkpoints are nigh. All in all, I don't have a lot of negative things to say about this game. The only thing I I didn't really gel with was the writing. There was a lot of cursing in there, a lot of F-bombs. Oh. And uh, I don't know, it was a little bit, how do you call it? Juvenile? Is that the mm, word? Yeah, I know what you mean. They put it in for the sake of it, maybe, you know. Yeah. I don't know, it's uh, like to try, try to be really edgy or something. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, it doesn't feel, for me, That's that doesn't add anything. And I even feel yeah, like... Yeah, it wasn't needed, really. Yeah. Why, why drop all those F-bombs uh, in there? It's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just unnecessary so um and actually i think he he patched it out to submit it to the to the the jam because maybe they didn't like it and i see there is an update which called swear jar and he patched it back in when he, after he submitted it to the competition so i don't know <laughs> it's not my style but uh yeah uh, each their own i guess yeah i guess but for me for me, that wasn't necessary. But other than that, I, I really loved it. I, I, I actually want to play, play it again. And I see the hard mode even has different stage design, a little bit uh, redesigned to make the platforming even harder, which is really cool. So, uh, yeah, really a strong recommendation for me. So It seems to play very, very fast to me. Yeah. And, and it's difficult. I'm looking at some videos right now and uh, I don't know how the, the player can do all those jumps that quickly and not make any mistakes because I'm not sure I would <laughs> but, but so it does look hard it plays very smooth on the screen it has some elements that remind me very different things like the the monster character first it reminded me of uh, Odd World do you oh, yeah. remember the series of uh, platform games because it <laughs> yes. it's like a sort of human body but with a giant hand instead of a head oh yeah it somehow reminded me of one of those creatures i don't remember anymore how they were called but they, they were like a little bit like feet and ha hand different creatures that then would combine together into something more powerful. also a scary vibes at uh, the game a bit old world a little bit yeah mm -hmm. Uh, but this also, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of skulls in the background and even corpses hanging around. And it's really like, if, yeah, if this yeah. game was colored, it was probably deep red. <laughs> it's it's uh, definitely, uh, yeah, a spooky, yeah. spooky game or, or sort of horror-styled game, which is, yeah, I like the, I like the teaming as well. It's really, it was really fitting. So, yeah. And then the world jumping reminded me of uh, the 80s arcade ninja kid games those used to be one of my favorite series of games well there is uh, maybe two titles that used to be in the arcades ninja Never kid one and two. i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah i remember them and, ninja kids. and then there were more for consoles for home consoles and in many of these games you would 
jump you you could stick to a wall for a, for a little bit and then jump off to the opposite wall and that was a way of climbing up quickly yeah yeah this game is that as well and it felt really natural i had to play it with on a keyboard uh, because it didn't run on my analog pocket but i i actually contacted the developer i was talking about it to uh, find a solution because it runs on his analog pocket so it's probably something stupid i did i don't know uh so i played it all with the keyboard which made it a lot more difficult than d-pad of course but uh i managed to finish it and the, the last boss is pretty tough it's uh, but i i really like the challenge it's it's a fair challenge uh if i can beat it on a keyboard probably everybody can beat it <laughs> on the regular controls so yeah um yeah, it looks nice. really impressive looks stuff nice. Really impressive stuff. That's what I was going to say. It's basically these games with every year, they seem to get better and better and better and better. I think maybe it's because the groundwork is getting better. Maybe the, like those those engines, which are already there. Uh, and also all those devs get more experience, especially when they compete every year in the Game Boy development competition. They probably learn a lot of this stuff in three months do you think these are made with any particular engine i i, I always figure like you know commodore 64 and those microcomputers that are 8-bit ones they usually i know there is a c64 studio to make games but then you have to code them sort of manually that you can't really put an engine inside there i think i don't know yeah but that's my general impression that you have to code them from scratch while these ones seem to all rely on an engine I wonder if there's some of these. I feel the most of these. Sorry. The most of these are made in G Game Boy Studio. But I was going to say, I, I don't know. I wonder if there's some someone actually does, you know, b bare metal programming with these without, without using the perverts an engine. Out there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, of course. Maybe yeah. they can squeeze yeah, more that, performance. That's, that's you know, I, I don't you know. It's programming pure assembly, that would be probably a lot better. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's GBDK and there's GB Studio. I think that those two are uh, the most uh, used as to make games quickly. And of course, if you only have three months, you have some kind of base. Need to uh, some kind of base. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I'm not saying yeah. yeah. And all um, yeah, and there's yeah, there's so much more games. I I just want to shout some titles. I want to play. <laughs> One game is called Entrawler which looks like a really neat puzzle game. Uh, I want to try that. Mm -hmm. There's a demo called Hermano, which really looks like uh, Kid Dracula. Really nice art style, like the chibi... Uh, you play like a chibi skeleton and it's all based on the Day of the Dead or Dia de Muertos. But unfortunately, it was a demo yeah. or else I would have played that. And another one is actually from someone from our Discord called All Alone Games. He, the game is called um, The Host, which looks like a fun one-screen puzzler where you can... There's there's all kind of enemies which you can take over or something and gain their power. Like, a bit like Mario Odyssey, maybe. Like, a, it's a platformer. And I heard it's really uh, polished as well and a lot of levels. So it looks like a fun game as well, but I didn't have time, of course, to play everything. And probably uh, <laughs> I already brought too much. <laughs> so, Andy. <laughs> six games, mate. Six games. That's a lot of games. 
Now you're, it's your turn, Andy. <laughs> After this onslaught of games. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully it'll give the listeners some uh, ideas on, or, you know, where to point their, their heads if they want to see something that's that's nice that's good to play i guess for for halloween right yeah i can only play so much so uh there's probably a lot of nice cool games in there and if you have any if there's a listener which has any suggestion for me to play please uh join our discord or something and uh bring your suggestions and make me play another six uh, games (laughs) yeah so well i i I just bought one game. <laughs> in contrast, in contrast <laughs> with all you six and three, I just bought one. I played it. Uh, it was good. Um, it's called Sweet Macabre, Macabre, um, and it's a game uh, that was originally made for the ColecoVision, and then uh, later on. So this was made in the twenty in twenty twenty uh, for the ColecoVision, and then later on okay. ported to the MSX. And it, what is it? It's uh, like a platform game, but this one has a slight twist. Uh, first of all, I, I, the first striking thing about this platform game are the graphics, which on an MSX, again, it's uh, it runs on an MSX one, and it looks visually striking, and it does some neat tricks, let's say, with, with the graphics, like it's got rain and stuff in it as well. It's very impressive when you see it, and, yeah. and that's what- The screenshots what are really striking. They are, they are. So the developer, yeah, I don't know how you, you pronounce his name. I think he's Spanish. He's called Di Jorge. 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 Yeah, well, there. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry, sorry we if you butchered the name. No, no, you, now it's your turn, Diego, to butcher his name. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. This uh, started as a, as a fixed screen arcade game with a like paranormal theme and uh, the arcade game mechanics that didn't really behave as he wanted them to. So he just turned it in like a sort of an adventure centered on exploration. And that's exactly what I think it makes it quite unique in my opinion. So yeah, the story starts out as uh, like you're a, a scientist's apprentice and this scientist has disappeared and he was exercising his profession, apparently, for using the lab's equipment hmm. for his own projects. And he was doing so in an abandoned hotel. So you got to go and find him because he has suddenly disappeared. And uh, yes, you go and you move towards the entrance of the hotel and you start exploring this hotel and there's the entrance with the reception, little bell, and then you go on and there's so many different rooms in this hotel. It's very striking in a, in a sort of pig's quest way. There's lots of different environments. It's a flip screen, so it doesn't scroll from one another. But you, you have to go from one room to another and solve puzzles. The puzzles, though, are not there for the sake of them being puzzle. You actually... Probably another gated exploration reader. <laughs> <laughs> You kind of solve these puzzles then to activate other things that then activate other things that open doors or stuff like that. And I think it's very, very well made uh, from I say, a puzzle inventive sort of way, you know, how they've put them all together. Mm. And do you have enemies in this yeah, game? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, one second. Sorry. <laughs> so this took two years to make and uh, on the ColecoVision which I find to be another extremely incredible machine. I've sort of seen some other really nice games for it so i'm considering if i should get one or not sooner or later 
Um, but the, the, M the MS6 conversion from this was quite easy in comparison to how much, you know, work was put in in making the ColecoVision version. And was released again later on the same year, basically. So I know this all this information is given me because I did reach out to the, the developer, uh, Jorge. I'll say that and I hope it's right. And uh, he's given me access to uh, the game itself to, to play it. So thank you, Jorge. And he was just giving us a little bit of his background. And so his first computer as a kid was a ZX Spectrum. That's where his influences are coming from. Okay. He used to love Jet Set Willy, Pyjama Rama, Android 1 and 2, and uh, loads of other games. And he used to be an Amiga programmer back in the oh, day. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, it's really, really cool that he used to program an Amiga. Well, um, getting back to the game, uh, within this hotel, uh, as I said before, you need to find the Professor Kowalski, Dr. Kowalski is his name. But to reach and explore every room, you need to solve some puzzle. Uh, so, the, for example, the elevator doesn't work, you have to fix it. Uh, there's no electricity on a certain machine, uh, you have to fix that too. Uh, this door is locked, find a key. Yeah, you, you can understand where I'm going. And the exploration of the hotel is not straightforward. Uh, you know, all sorts of critters inhabit the abandoned building. So we've got bats, rats, bees, or wasps, and many more that hinder your way to discovering new areas of the hotel. Of course, there's bats. There's bats in every spooky game, and they're probably really annoying as well. <laughs> oh, don't say it. So the 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 critters that that um, stop you in your journey are. Yeah, quite quite annoying, quite frustrating. They move very very fast, and they kind of keep getting in your way continuously. And they they have patterns, so you can learn them. So if you're not in a hurry, then you can just you know wait a second, take your time, and try and you know find the pattern and then go. You have to avoid them. Yes, in this game or you don't have weapons. You just have a jump, hmm. and you jump over the enemies, and you have to avoid them. And if you don't, you lose some of the heart. So you have some hearts as well. Anyways, let's get to that in a minute. Uh, it's a one-button gameplay, so uh, I think it also supports a two-button joystick, but I'm not too sure. Uh, you use the button to jump, pick up objects when you're over them, and then you use it, uh, the jump button, so the fire button, to explore, sorry, to examine uh, stuff when you're over it. So in certain circumstances, for example, uh, you find uh, an object, or, or in fact, in the game, you find several reel-to-reel -reel tape players, and when you go over them, you get a little question mark oh, okay. over your head. And then if you press fire button, you kind of listen to it, let's say, with quotes. So it writes at the top. And you can hear what Dr. Kowalski has recorded as a hint or, or a clue. And this mechanic, together with some extra narrative, is really, really what, what drives the game, in my opinion. In fact, you might enter a room and you'll get a brief commentary. Uh, you might encounter some... Um, animals it's a save no spoilers and you'll get a comment from the protagonist and all this kind of um, monologue is really fitting and really drives the platforming experience in a very unique way nearly like it's an adventuring platform oh that's cool <laughs> yes definitely all of this has an eerie connotation so it's um very wants to look very grim it's all dark backgrounds yes so. but yeah, that, that helps so yeah but the the, the atmosphere it, it creates it's quite eerie. okay obviously there's no one in the hotel and you have to just go around these rooms and it 
and as you play it, it builds up that creepy sort of vibe very slowly. Is it also the music maybe which helps? Absolutely. Yeah, so so the music does uh, help to build that sense of angst throughout the game, and I think that the the author did a really good job with uh, with the chip tune of the MSX. I think he does regard the ColecoVision as the the better chip, the better audio chip. However, even if not inherently sp spooky, let's say this, this because it's electronic music, the audio chips can be made to emulate certain creepy sounds, and this is exactly what he's done. So, yeah, it's not really a soundtrack or anything, but it's like a very simple tune with pauses and sort sort of noises, and uh, it's it's very well done. So what did you, did you think of it? It is a must-play if you want to do something with Halloween, and if you've got an MSX, this is a really, really good game. But on the downside, it can get frustrating, you know, because uh, the enemies are really always in your way. It would be really good even without the enemies, is what I'm trying to say. And you could just go around and just try and figure out the puzzle. And that would be already amazing. The, the enemies sort of seem to just be there to hinder you, as they are. Annoyed. Yeah, they, they're just there to annoy you, aren't they? Uh, so so if they hit you, you you're, you die? or I will explain, yes. So your main character has um, 10 hearts. And let's say every time you cross a critter, okay. half of the heart goes away. And it's really easy. Maybe there's a, like a, a series of critters, one, two, three, going up and down at different times and stuff. And you just really want to get to the end and see and go and fetch that wrench somewhere else to go and fix the machine. And you really can't wait all the time. So you just maybe go straight straight along and then immediately you, you get caught three times and that's already a heart and a half. Mm -hmm. You really need to play it to understand. And those hearts are limited. It's just like you can't refill them. Yes, so you can refill them, and there's different ways to refill them, but I think the ways okay. to refill them are limited. So around the, the hotel, you also find some coins, for example. You find some medikits, and you can heal yeah, your health with these, for example. So if you find a coin, you go with a coin to find a vending machine. The vending machine has typically one drink, and you buy that drink with the coins, and oh, then that's cool. your health shoots up three three or four i don't recall now three or four hearts the medikit is the same i don't remember if there's anything else then but they say all these um uh, ways to get your health back up are limited in in the game generally that this is in a nutshell how the game is then there is another thing so when you go around fetching the stuff for example i can spoil a little bit because it's just the beginning so when you get after reception there is a little table with a computer mm -hmm. and then when you go on it and try use it it says oh the computer doesn't have a disc uh, or, or doesn't work because it doesn't have a disc so you got to find this disc so you find this disc somewhere in the hotel and then you go and fetch it however if you have another item in your inventory and you fetch the disc then he will leave the previous item where the disc is and fetch the disc so then you'll have to later on go back or backtrack all the way to get the other um, item again if you if and when you need it so that is a bit of a of a problem so you don't have a, like an, an unlimited inventory you have one slot and and also there's another thing where he picks the stuff up automatically so if you find yourself on a st on a staircase and you're jumping and just at the bottom of the staircase there is another item and you have to avoid a bee and you've by 
by chance. <laughs> you have to avoid the item as well. Yes, you have to avoid the item as well because otherwise you keep picking it up and swapping it. And it's, um, yeah, it, it falls a bit short there, but um, eventually with a bit of practice, you can you can get over it. And I asked about this to the developer himself. What he says, some players were not fond of the fact that you can only carry one object at a time. The reason for this limitation is purely technical because the amount of graphics available per room is limited, even with all the trickery that is going on under the hood, which is quite substantial. So he said in this regard, the I think the video uh, chip is being pushed really hard. So that's uh, there's a technical reason why basically you can't have more than uh, one item in your inventory. And that's it's unfortunate. Uh, so you're in contact with the developer? Yes, yes. I, I wrote him an email, uh, I said it earlier. Any, uh, so any chance that if I could have get a, copy. a special version of this game without the, without the critters to avoid? Because the critters, <laughs> I can I'm, ask him. I've been taking a look at it, and uh, uh, it does feel like those little monsters, not monsters, it's rats and insects, they are... They're not really the the core of the game. They, I don't know, this game would work, as you said also, it would work fine without these, uh, these um, creatures to avoid and without the energy bar. Just going around and finding the objects and figuring out how to use them would be enough for, for me. It would be interesting to get a... Yeah, maybe, maybe it will be it would really be, short less annoying because i i guess that after after a while it's inevitable you're gonna you're gonna die out of losing all your energy so then you have to start all over again i suppose yeah i mean uh it would be cool to have like the ability to switch them on and off probably in a menu or something so if you want to have a sort of easier game then you can however i do think that if you not in a rush and you take your time you can just wait to uh, and learn the patterns and you can do it so the character also has a bit of inertia is that right yeah inertia inertia yes i also have to say that in my opinion that the game looks great except for the sprites i'm not a fan of the main character sprite mm. but especially i'm not a fan of the the insect and animal sprites they're monochrome mm, yeah i can see that and they look like they're out from another game because the game itself, the, the background, is very full of details, very colorful. I really like the, the, the small things like, for example, how the, the elevator has this old style, the, the window of the elevator and uh, whatever it is called, the part on mm -hmm. top of it. And um, there's all these little details that... Uh, the developer really took great care to to draw like the plans and the pictures and the, the other the paintings and the sculptures everywhere it looks so nice but the the sprites being monochrome and uh, these giant insects they feel a bit out of place also so it's not only because of the playability but yeah. also because the, they clash with the style i think the he game. made such a good background that <laughs> The other, I think probably there was no memory left for the sprites. I don't know. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's so good. There's, there's, I think my favorite bit might be those little mosquitoes flying around the lamps. Yeah. This sort of uh, 
slightly animated background. It's it's really nice, really nice looking. Yeah, and you have some little birds as well when you arrive, if you notice yeah. on the on the ledge because of the, of the hotel. rain in some levels. Yeah, I think. But yes, yes, that's right. That's what I said. Yeah. Can you, can you give us a little uh, spoiler of uh, or a teaser? What what's the mystery about? So th- I'll just say this: the Dr. Kowalski, which is your your principal scientist, is a physics expert and he was researching something with um, parallel dimensions let's say interesting and when you go in and you start listening to all the 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 tapes he's left and you read the signs and there's lots of things to look at as well which is pretty cool and you can press uh, the dialogue option um, on a lot of elements and things and you can read about them and and sometimes also you walk in and and the character stops and he says oh gives you a line or two of, uh, of something that he's seen or what he thinks. I think all of this is really incredibly well done for, M- for an MSX at least. And, you know, uh, I'm really always gobsmacked of what the people can do uh, with, these, with these old machines. So, yeah, let's say that, that's, imagine that then. So he's a physics expert and there's something Lovecraftian. So I have managed to reach one boss. I'm not going to say anything, but again, very Lovecraftian boss. <laughs> also, the uh, on the itch.io uh, page, it has a really nice artwork, probably front cover artwork of the game. Yeah. And it has like the Kraken tentacles on the background. So uh, maybe uh, it has something to do with that. That's... Uh, Yes. Also, that artwork looks really nice. So uh, yeah. So when you buy it, it costs three pound. Uh, sorry, it costs three dollars, not three pounds. On each IO, you get a PDF as well with all the story. It's a very big PDF. So a very a lot of work has gone into this, you know. And uh, you can see, I think, I think, yeah, I think Diego is is right. But you know, there there can be some improvements. But I think the the result achieved is um, pretty cool. Pretty nice. cool, and there's so I think the the best thing of this game is that you can explore the whole hotel, and I, I I'm gonna go out on a limb because I don't remember, but I think most of the the screens are all different. They're all there's no there's never a repeating screen. There's always some difference, and most of the time it's quite substantial, like the kitchen, fire. Yeah, this is yeah. There's um a lot of stuff to see here. Anyway, I see some repeating elements of statues. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, But generally, it's uh, it doesn't give me you know the repetition sort of thing with all the tiles and things you know typically uh, of the eighties. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I'll read you. So I recommend that uh, I do. Maybe search for search for a trainer so you have unlimited health and then you. uh, can play this game. <laughs> oh, it just takes a bit of time. I think you would finish it really quickly, Reader, because you've got better skills than me. But yeah, I think it's totally yeah. worth three dollars. Yeah, seems like it. I'm gonna just point out some things that that um, Jorge wrote to me. Like the actual name of the protagonist is unknown. He's somehow related to the space helmet guy in Jet Ready. So um, Jorge has made some other games. One on the, another one on the Coleco Vision, which uh, is called Jet Ready, and it looks very familiar if you look at it. It looks similar, sort of. Uh, to this game as well, so I think, and, and the protagonist does seem very, very similar. Yeah, I see. It. Uh, I, I was gonna say that uh, there's another little um, Easter egg, maybe in some of the levels. I think I see some picture on the wall that look 
might look like Lovecraft himself. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let me read the others. Um, and then we can comment. Some details of the backstory, as well as the names and features of the boss monsters, are inspired by the Lovecraft myth mythos, mythos, which I very much love. So maybe that. There are a couple of Easter eggs that honor my two late cats. So I don't know what that is. And then there's some objects in the game, and there's a, there's a yellow rubber duck uh, that seems to be the favorite amongst players. I haven't found it yet. So much so that it's featured very, very prominently in the artwork for the MSX release. So just, just because that's quite funny. Um, some of the paranormal tropes I came up with in the early days of, develop, of development made it uh, to the final release like the toilet seat raising and lowering on its own, which is actually a homage to Jet Set Willy. So there you go. And some of the painting's eyes following the player amongst others. So yeah, I that's pretty cool as well. I didn't notice the painting's eyes, but I'm sure these little touches make it even more, I think, polished in some ways. And he also goes a bit further and says that ColecoVision is the canonical version, so, so is the original, basically, and the, and the one that we want to reference more, let's say. And the, and the sound chip on the ColecoVision is a bit more versatile than the one on the MSX, which um, I'm completely blown away about this fact, and allows for more nuanced effects, like uh, changing the sound of the footsteps when walking on wow. metallic surfaces. And I think that's it. Impressive stuff. Uh, yes. The one last thing he says um, that he's got several emails inquiring about the ending of the game, which had some eyebrows raised. Um, he says perhaps some kind of epilogue is in order. So there's probably the idea of making something else, I guess. Cool. That's it. That's my game. And yeah, good stuff. Maltanto. Maltanto so, games. Wow. We. Uh talked about a lot of games a lot today <laughs> a lot it's of games <laughs> yeah well let's uh, wrap this thing up and uh, and go for the news so uh, my first news is um, that you can pre-order the Game Boy Color game Annihilator by Salt and Pixel uh, you have until the 31st of October so not long uh, I think three days when this episode um, drops. And if you pre-order his game, which looks like a sort of Game Boy version of almost like a Xeno... Xeno Crisis. Xeno Crisis, yeah. A bit like that. You When you pre-order it, you get a game or a prototype of his called The Night of the Living Dead, which is also a Halloween-adjacent game. Mm. So uh, maybe a nice... Other Game Boy game you can play. $50. It's $50 for physical and 10 for digital. That's all right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it looks... Yeah, I really like the art style. It looks really polished for a Game Boy game. And I'm in contact with the developer as well. And maybe we can expect some more of him in the future. Uh, and another thing is, um, I like to... Uh, there's another game I'd like to uh, bring. is called Inspector Waffles, Early Days. And uh, there's a Kickstarter. He's like us, he's waffling. Uh, <laughs> it's also a Game Boy Color game. Wow, it's a lot of Game Boy Color today. 
there's a Kickstarter coming for this game, and it looks like a sort of detective adventure, a bit like Pokemon style, but you play as cats, and it looks really cute and colorful. And I'm uh, looking forward to this game, and uh, the Kickstarter will be online pretty soon now, so uh, look out for that by Golosso Games. Ah, this looks really cool. So a link to that is probably in the show notes. Yeah, it looks like a, um, a bit like Beat Cop on the outside. That's that, the, the few bits I've seen. It's very interesting, this game. Yeah. So, and you? Me, very quickly. We're way out of time, but <laughs> here we go. So I hear 8-Bit Do is now selling wireless dongles to use uh, wireless controllers, like for the uh, so using the PS4, PS5 controllers on the PS1 and PS2, which is quite interesting. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. You, it's always good to have less controllers around. Yes, but also <laughs> not have the wires. Crazier. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? So I'm, I'm really keen to to see about one of those. Apparently, you can also use um, a PlayStation Three one as well, but I'm not too sure. I did find this one sort of last minute, so I'm, I don't have it's much. It's always more. really finicky to hook up a play, PlayStation Three controller mm. to a PC as well. It's, you have to have the original console and. Uh, it was a, a lot of weird stuff you have to do to hook up a PlayStation 3 controller to an, to another system. So it's probably a lot of hassle. You can probably better just get an 8-bit though controller. Yeah, or that, or just get a PS5 uh, controller. Or uh, they, they show it with the, a PS5. Those are great. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe it works with an Xbox one as well. I, I don't know. But it seems to be working with the modern consoles, controllers. So nice. on the similar fashion, Retro Fighters has put, is putting out uh, Striker DC, which is another controller wireless for the Dreamcast, which also uh, su- supports the VDU. So you can stick it in. I don't know what I think about this. I did put myself in the waiting list for the Xbox ones. Uh, people say they're a bit flimsy, uh, these Retro Fighters controllers. Yeah, I have a mm. N- Nintendo 64 controller from them, and they're, it's really lightweight controller. It feels like air almost, which mm. is in one way quite a good thing, but the other way, it, yeah, it doesn't feel like really sturdy or something. It's maybe... Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, I, I can't say it's... Uh, it works perfectly fine, but... Uh, yeah, it feels maybe a little bit cheap, but it's also it is also pretty cheap. So, or at least mine was quite okay. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, and it works. Would you buy a Dreamcast? Do you have Dreamcast? I don't even know. I don't have a Dreamcast, but I heard that the original Dreamcast controller is pretty horrendous. So uh, mm. uh, maybe a replacement is good for that. Yeah, this one doesn't really look like a Dreamcast controller. It looks more like a I don't know, more modern, so it doesn't have the same shape of the Dreamcast controller. It's um, like yeah, more traditional. Yeah, that's the same for my Nintendo 64 version. It's like the Switch Pro Controller shape, which I like. Yeah. Last but not least, HDMI on the SNES. Is it a thing? Is it not? We will not know, but it seems there's some hints on Twitter that it's coming from Electron Shep, and uh, he's posted some pictures, and I think he's done other HDMI... Um, mods basically to for different consoles and now he's hinted that he's probably going to do an snes version i don't know this is not this is just speculation news but i just thought i'd mention it that maybe that's coming as well uh, interesting interesting i'm very keen to see the mega drive one as that has quickly 
uh, risen to what be one of the, my favorite platforms uh, for the podcast, let's say. There you have it. Yeah. I love the SNES, so, uh, but I, I don't think there's so many ways to play SNES on HDMI. I'm not going to mod my Super Nintendo. I just keep it hooked on my CRT and uh, until that eventually dies, probably. Mm. <laughs> then you just buy another one. Oh, no, get another one for free as you did. Yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, well, uh, should I recap what we played? Yeah, it will take us an hour just to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just uh, uh, talk about my main game. So I, I brought uh, the Game Boy Color games Troll Mother, Enchiladas, Feet and Feeded Souls. Jago brought uh, Tiny Nightmares for the ZX Spectrum, Ghostly Manor for the MSX2, and Spooky Soccer for the NES. And Andy talked about Sweet Macabre uh, for the MSX. But yeah, well. yeah, it's also for the Color Vision, but yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Good stuff. So uh, it's time for Mill. Should I pick one? Go. Uh, Okay. Well, we haven't talked about snacks tonight, so maybe let's pick a question related to that from Scott Pinks. He is asking, what's the most unhealthy food you can eat in your country? (laughs) And he also suggests that in the States, San Francisco, we have Seed Food City, Crispy Town sells fried chicken skin nachos with cheese. Also, in fairs, you can <laughs> find fried butter wow. sticks. Can you get clothes? <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> can you get clothes? Well, when it comes to uh, Finland, I think sticks. it's debatable, but uh, I would say tar. <laughs> well, yeah. Tar? <laughs> what? Well, I say debatable because. Um, Mm, I'm, I'm not really sure, but um, tar, well, uh, tar is used for many things in uh, Finland. It's used, for example, as part of detergents or cosmetics, like, for example, shampoo or something like that. But it's also used as a spice. And uh, for candies, for example. Tar? Is the one, is it? Mm-hmm. It's really? called terva in what? Finland. Is that even edible? And, uh, I, I I can't really say whether this is uh, healthy or unhealthy. I can't say. But I, I know that there has been some <laughs> debate uh, probably <laughs> at the European level on whether tar-based products are legit for selling all over the European Union or something like that. But I can tell that uh, tar-flavored candies taste good. And there are even Terva uh, snaps, or that's kind of a high alcohol drink based on tar. You don't don't think of the don't think of it the doesn't sound appealing to me. Tar that goes on boats, like but that, oh, no, no, on the roads here. That. So you're but, eating pieces yeah, of road. Yeah, but don't think of that kind of tar. <laughs> it's a. Uh, <laughs> I'm Googling this because I can't believe you. Don't think of that. That What is that called? It's pitch, right? The one goes on around boats to make them water repellent. It's not, I don't think it's that. It's not mineral tar anyway. It It's wood tar coming from wood. Ah, uh, here we found, oh, I, I found a, a nice little snippet of a guy saying, what? 
Assuming this isn't a troll question, I've only ever seen this applied to fish, not humans. I don't think there is any evidence to suggest that asphalt has any curative effects on humans. Yeah, I no, don't suggest you do this. <laughs> Go see a doctor. <laughs> do not eat road salt. Well, yeah, but here yeah, I, I, that I think okay. there's even some uh, traditional saying that uh, when you're sick and sauna, vodka and tar will make you heal. And if they don't, then there's nothing else you can do. God. Sure. Okay. Good luck with that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Diego's just top that. Eat some road tar and you'll see how, <laughs> what effects. I don't know if I can uh, can uh, can bring something uh, more unhealthy, but uh, <laughs> I, I got one. Um, uh, we have a, a dish. Maybe I talked about this earlier called Kapsalon, which means... Translated, uh, barbershop. It means what? Sorry, translated? Barbershop. 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 Oh, like, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, like, uh, where you go for hairdressing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the, 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 the term got originated from a barbershop, which sort of invented it. So, uh, they, they always ordered this dish uh, by the local uh, place where you can get uh, probably donor or something. So uh, the dish uh, is um, a tray with uh, uh, fr uh, french fries. And then over that there's a uh, donor or uh, gyros, which is like the Greek version of donor. I don't know what kebab. that is. What is that? Donor kebab. A uh, donor, yes. Like yes. the thin, thin slices of meat. And then uh, it's covered with uh, cheese. And then it gets in the oven. And on top of that, they put uh, iceberg uh, lettuce and garlic sauce and hot sauce. And uh, that doesn't maybe sound that... Uh, no, this is, this is healthy. <laughs> this is healthy compared to... <laughs> but uh, this dish contains uh, 1,800 calories yeah. per serving. Okay, so yeah. that's, that's a lot. Uh, when you eat this daily, then probably you'll die fast because it's a lot of fat. Because the the meat will the the fat of the meat will drain into the fries, Ugh. and those those yeah sounds those yummy fries but also really, awful. Yeah, it 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 tastes great, but uh, yeah, it's when you eat it then you you are not hungry anymore for two days or something <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's like the perfect uh, after uh, after midnight snack when you went out or something to the bar and then uh, when you're drunk you can uh, eat this uh, to sober up a little but uh, yeah it's uh, uh, it's even described uh, in, on Wikipedia as a culinary lethal weapon <laughs> 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 because of the high fat content aye, aye. so yeah uh, it's really good but uh, don't eat it too much maybe once uh, once, a once a year yeah and there's also, also, of course, a vegan version of this, which is probably way healthier. <laughs> but already you put lettuce on it, it doesn't count anymore. Uh, it's like three three, uh, three uh, slices of uh, lettuce or something. It's not Drenched much. in fat. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Here it seems like, what, uh, fried chicken skin, nachos with cheese. And I don't even know how you fry it, a butter stick. Um, but that seems... No, it's not nachos with cheese. It's just fried chicken skin nachos mm. 
it's nachos or fried chicken skin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, really uh, sounds horrendous, yeah. uh, to be honest. Fried butter sticks. How, how do you fry a butter? Doesn't it just all melt? I don't know. Anyways, there must be ways. And you just eat a whole stick of butter. My God. <laughs> I cannot do that. Uh, from England, what can I give you? I am not even English, to be honest. But um, let me think. The only thing I can think of is the dreaded fish and chips here. And sometimes it's so oily and, the, the I don't know, the potatoes are like bright yellow uh, or bright orange sometimes as well. I don't know what they put in them. And then they double fry them or triple fry them. So the result is very thick coating of really old fried stuff. Like it's very, very thick fried skin. I'm getting hungry, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and usually it's just very, very greasy, but I, I don't think I can compare to any of you two. I mean, Diego eats asphalt, you eat <laughs> loads of... I eat a barbershop. Barbershop, uh, <laughs> and yeah, me just fish and chips, but it's lethal even. That's not that's not very good for you. I guess I guess the the fast food stuff, but yeah, well, you know, you can't, can't top the, the chicken skin nachos with cheese, yeah, um, and the tart. However, yeah, I think that's uh, that. We have one last email today. Yeah. Uh, haven't touched my Mega Drive in ages and stumbled upon your pod. What games do you suggest for me to get back into with? Uh, signed by Garrett. Anything by Retro Souls. That was my answer too. Depends if he doesn't like puzzle games. I don't know. Maybe he's just like a All FPS right, person. Okay, and that's I don't know, so... Well, then I can't help him. <laughs> Mega Drive. <laughs> Gary, what can you use? I don't know. Um, Esther Bros. Yeah, something. Yeah. If you if you like puzzle games, go with probably Retro Souls. Um, then if you like platformers and stuff like that with some crafting, um, Aster Bros is good. Demons of Asterborg, also very good. Uh, Phantom Gear. Phantom Gear, but also, uh, again, uh, the name uh, slips again. Xeno Xeno Crisis Xeno Crisis yes yeah, for some reason Xeno Crisis is also re really nice uh, yeah there's so many uh, games called something with Xeno you also have Xeno Tilt which is a <laughs> pinball game and Seago Xeno well there's a lot of Xeno games <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah uh, uh, yeah it's it's uh, that's also a great uh, game uh, if you like what is it arcade style Top-down yeah. shooting um, games. The, the, did we? Did we? Oh, I would have to look at all our our history to to remember all the games we we covered. I can't think of um, any other. At the there top was of my one head. that we never really covered, but it's called Tanglewood, and I think it it has quite a good number of fans. Mm, we should probably talk about that at some point. And um, uh, Witch and Wiz also gets a Mega Drive board. Ah, that's cool. That's, again, a puzzle game. Well, so if you like maybe. puzzle games, yeah, definitely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Good stuff, guys. We're we at the end, so shout-outs before we close I'll shout up. shout-out to Pix tonight because he and his avatar reminded me that I should watch the good old Traptor TV animated series from BBC with my kids. And recommend it to anyone. I think it's not maybe easy to find a DVD nowadays, but there are also episodes on YouTube to to see what it's like. Good. Yeah. Uh, anyone else? I'm I'm going to shout out um, Carl from uh, Video Game Newsroom Time Machine. 
ah, cool. which is a really nice uh, podcast about uh, game history. If you like an extensive look <laughs> into game history, then uh, then that's a podcast for you. And he gave me the first chance of podcasting. <laughs> that's why I'm probably here. Oh, hello then. Uh, but yeah, hello, Carl, is that right? Carl, yeah. Carl, yes. Okay, good stuff. Uh, I'm going to shout out, as usual, Retro Asylum, guys. Thank you very much, guys. I know that they're now over 300 episodes, so well done on them. I'm just starting to listen to, uh, to um, an interview that, that that they've done uh, for games you love. Numbskull. Yeah, so um, yeah, I haven't finished that episode yet. Good stuff, all good stuff. A little shout out also to Evil Tackle, because he's <laughs> he's been posting some stuff on, on Discord, made me laugh. Hello, Evil Taco. Yes, uh, thank you, guys. So I think that pretty much wraps it up uh, for today. I'm going to ask you now, Weedo. <laughs> we do <laughs> the did you knows just before we end. And last time we said finishing Super Mario Bros. 3 on the GBA. You can skip the whole game, right? Straight, straight to the world, number eight. Unlocks hidden cutscenes. Did you try it? <laughs> I played six games for this show. What do you <laughs> I think? You say that. <laughs> All right. I will ask you again uh, shortly, shortly. Sure. So, um, last did you know for today in Super Mario World 1991 on the SNES, if you stare directly at a boo enemy for long enough, it'll eventually make a taunting face at you. I never noticed this. You need her. Bit of useful information. Use, useless, I, would, I should have said. Ah, I'm getting confused. It's late. Guys, I'll see you next time. Happy Halloween, and we'll see you in the next episode. Happy Retro Gaming. Goodbye. Buildings I listen to, you gave my